Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, a bit of shameless self-promotion because Site Visibility has recently published the Ultimate Content Promotion Guide. It's their most comprehensive guide to date, and in it, they break down all the content marketing promotion tactics, tricks, and tools you'll ever need to help you achieve content marketing success. You can download the guide plus a handy printable content promotion checklist for free by going to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash ultimate dash content which is also the same as Ultimate's hyphen content. Depends what you what you prefer, dashes or hyphens, same thing to me. Now today I'm joined by Neil McLean, digital marketing consultant, coach and founder of Shoney Digital. Neil, how are you? I'm very well, Andy. How are you? Very, very well. And and you're up in, in, in I would say sunny, but cloudy Glasgow in Scotland, aren't you? Yep, up here, unfortunately, in the cloudiness. And it's absolutely freezing cold as well, but... Happy to be indoors at the moment. Scotland is a wonderful place. So I'm told. never been. I must go to Scotland. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I haven't been for, to the, for about the ten days of heat wave a year that we get. Oh. It is ten days of gloriousness when when you get all the scenery, you get all the greenery, and it's actually warm as well. We actually have so many sunny beaches that are almost kind of tropical, but. You just don't get the weather to ever enjoy them. <laughs> and just for just for our listeners that don't know the UK and the British Isles as, as well as we do, uh, basically Scotland is probably the prettiest bit. I'm going to get sold off now by the Welsh, aren't I? Of the, <laughs> of the British Isles. If you want to see sensible mountains, you go to Scotland because th- that's the only place in the British Isles that's, that's reasonable mountains, really, isn't there? Yes, yeah, spot on. Yeah. And that'll be the uh, Gulf Stream, I'm guessing, which gives you your semi-tropical beaches on the west hand side. West hand side on yes. the west. Yes. Spawn. Now, um, tell me a little bit about yourself and a little bit about uh, Shoney Digital. I'm interested how you got started. Okay. Well, I actually didn't start as a marketer. I never went to university for marketing. I actually went to university for sport and exercise science. And uh, I always had the, the want to grow, well, to start and grow a business when I was in primary school, even I was selling stuff at school. Uh, at the weekends, I was cleaning cars. I was picking wilks and selling them to the the local fish market. I was doing all types of things to 
be a wee bit entrepreneurial not that I knew that that's what I was doing at the time mm. and so when it, when I was older I always wanted to start a business but I did support an exercise science and it was just one night I just thought what's the biggest business that I could start with the the knowledge that I have which was basically a wee bit of business just out of the interest of reading books and also sport and exercise science. So what I did was I started Scotland's biggest ever fitness exhibition. Mm. And at this point, I had never been to an exhibition. I never knew what an exhibition was or an expo. I basically typed into Google one night at about one in the morning, uh, biggest fitness events in the UK, and I found an exhibition. And I thought, that is the type of thing that, I would love to go to in Scotland. So I looked to see if there's one in Scotland. There wasn't. Uh, so I decided that I was going to start it. And the way I started it was basically I was £2,000 into my student overdraft. I had no money, no investors, no contacts in the industry, no experience. And I just messaged somebody who was running big events, the Scottish Wedding Show at uh, the SECC in Glasgow, the biggest event venue and set up a coffee for the next morning, mm. went down, asked a bunch of questions, and they they basically gave me almost like a template that day of what you do, and they told me the scary numbers of how much it costs to put on an exhibition at an exhibition conference centre, and I just went full in on it. So didn't have any investors, no loans or anything like that, and I thought, right, I'm going to do this the roundabout way that you probably shouldn't start a business, which is I'll commit to the the sort of £250,000 of expenses of putting on this show. And I'll then go and sell tickets and I'll sell exhibition space. Well, I hope this story has a happy ending, Neil. <laughs> Carry on. There is eventually. Um so yeah, I did it that way, and but I was I was very conscious that I would have a great event, and I would have exhibition space to sell, and I would have tickets to sell, and I could cover the expenses of the show that way. However, to get that to happen, I knew that I had to basically almost master as close close to master as I could online marketing as quickly as possible and using all the free stuff mm. so getting very good at it so it wasn't just paid advertising so I was using all the free stuff to get people through the door and we got a few thousand people through the door the first year just through organic social media uh, we sold about 90 exhibition stands and we came strikingly close to break even in the first year which uh, which was a big win mm. and then very soon after that, people started speaking to me about how, how I got started, this sort of conversation, and I told them about online marketing, and somebody came to me and said, uh, I, I was speaking to your friend, and they said about your online marketing, we've got a new gym opening, could you run our paid advertising campaign? And I had only just started using Facebook ads, but they were already working quite well for us, selling the second year of tickets for for the show. And so I had quite a good basis of what worked and what didn't. And I was like, okay, right, yeah, let's do it. And they said, what's your day rate? And at that point, again, it's, it's just like going completely blind into all of this. Yeah. I was like, uh, I don't even know how you 
summarize what a day rate is. I've never sold a day rate for anything because uh, I wasn't a marketer. I was just a business owner. Yeah. And so I basically came up with a price for a two-month campaign. And then I went and ran it for them. And we spent £4,000 on Facebook ads. And they made back 297866 which was my first case study. And when they started telling people, the phone just started ringing. Mm. And I was just inundated with people asking me to run their Facebook ads and to run their social media accounts and their email marketing. And I just ended up with a whole bunch of clients whilst running my own business and a waiting list. And I was in that position for two or three years, juggling a million things. It was super stressful. And then I decided I'm going to sell the show because we got an offer from the country's biggest events company uh, to buy the show. And I thought everything had just aligned at the right time. Mm. So we sold the show last year. And this has just become my full gig from there. So I can take on more clients. I can now do coaching and I can teach people through an online digital marketing program. And that's basically the the simple summary, I guess. (laughs) I mean, there's a pattern here because I've spoken to other entrepreneurs that started, I'm going to use the word conventional. What I mean by conventional is primarily offline business and who had to do a load of digital marketing to get it off the ground and then got known more for the digital marketing side of, of, of what they did. And I'm guessing that that is the start of Shirley Digital for you. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that you, you have quite a big advantage if you have come from that side, because a lot of people in the digital marketing space love to talk about impressions, reach, clicks, landing page views, click through rates, all these almost vanity metrics. You can use them to your advantage by learning how your adverts are performing, but they'll use that as a basis for their campaigns working. Mm. Whereas if you've come from a business standpoint and you've known the value of every penny that you spend, you focus on one thing and that is money in versus money out. And when you've been in that position, your clients are going to be very happy when all you care about is money in versus money out. And would you say that you're a, a, a general digital marketing consultant uh, Neil or do, do you still have that preference to sort of sport and fitness yes I mean I I sort of say that I'll do anything I mean my clients range from gyms to events to online flower delivery to uh, one of the biggest radiator companies in the world uh, so it, it's so varied in the niches that I'm in so I I can do online marketing for pretty much anything all it takes is a wee bit of audience research because the the systems and the processes are pretty much the same as you go through different different companies it's just understanding the audience how you write an advert for that audience what they'll react to that type of thing yeah now you recently put up i think it was an instagram video about the uh, 10 tips for online marketing and i just wanted to focus in on that a little bit because i think one of the things you spoke about was um the customer journey and specifically the importance of building a a customer journey i was just wondering if we could talk a little bit about that and maybe uh give us an example as well this notion of a customer journey 
Yeah, well, a customer journey is something that I've been super passionate about for for years now. Since taking on clients, I've had to get really, really detailed on how I break down where a company's going right and going wrong with their online marketing. And a customer journey is just the most amazing way to do this. And if somebody listening hasn't written down their customer journey on a piece of paper, this is going to be one of the most valuable things you'll ever do. A customer journey is basically writing down on a piece of paper how somebody goes from complete stranger to your highest paying customer. So people will maybe jump in here and there. They might miss a step, um, but they're is almost a journey of micro commitments along the way for most companies where somebody finds you for the very first time. So how does that happen? Does it happen through social media? Does it happen through this podcast? Does it happen through influencers? What happens to get that first point of the customer journey? And what you're looking to do is, is write down all the micro commitments that need to take place from going from awareness to the point of that first sale but not just stopping there because that's where so many so many companies stop and it hurts them dearly. It's what happens after that first sale to get them to continue to purchase from you and your higher price products. So going through a customer journey, it, it allows you to do a bunch of different things. First of all, it, it allows you to visualize for yourself how somebody goes from stranger to highest paying customer. Mm. Second of all, it allows you to see where there is a drop-off point. So if you were to write out your customer journey right now and you were to say, well, what usually happens is people go from awareness, we build more like and trust with them, they become a lead, they make a purchase, but nobody buys from us that second time or that third time or whatever it may be. You'll know through your numbers where that drop-off point is and the massive opportunity for you is to acknowledge that and to insert a micro-commitment between the two. It might be something like the first purchase that you get somebody to make is £100 and your higher-priced product is maybe £1,000. And you say, right, we get tons of people to take notes of us, to go onto our email list through our lead magnet, to make that £100 purchase, and they love it. They tell us that they love it, but they don't go for the £1,000 product. Maybe it's not that the £1,000 product isn't right for them. Maybe it's that what you have in place right now is either an assumption that they're going to they're gonna buy the £1,000 product or you've got something along the lines of an automation selling, sending them to a page to purchase it. Maybe you need a micro-commitment in there such as allowing them to book a call rather than purchase a £1,000 product. Mm. So adding in that micro-commitment could bridge a gap in your customer journey and start getting all these people who bought your hundred pound product and loved it and get them to the point of that thousand pound product. It's a huge opportunity. And there's one more thing as well. It allows you to actually look at your customer journey and say, where is there more opportunities for us to create new products and services that act as a stepping stone, but also as another revenue generator within your business and that's the the three big things about the importance of building the customer journey if uh, if i was to go into an example for you uh, a very simple example it would be basically what i went over there of 
going from attention, so attention might be this podcast, it might be using paid advertising to get in front of new prospects who have never heard of you before, then building no like, and trust. So that might be through email automation, it might be through social media by being active every single day, it might be by uh, by getting somebody as a subscriber on your podcast and continuing to put out great new episodes then we get them as a lead. So at that point, it might be putting a free webinar in front of them or a free uh, PDF download or a free video series or something along those lines, maybe even a lead on a smaller scale. So it might be getting somebody to ask to join your private but free Facebook group. So that could be a lead as well. Then at that point, you might ask for the sale. So how does that happen? Where does it happen? Does it happen in the email automation after they became a lead? Does it happen within the Facebook group? Does it happen through paid advertising? Where do we send them? Do we send them to a sales page? After they've made that first sale, the funny thing is here, it tends to just be some simple systems that you put in place to get that second, third, fourth sale. We take time, money, creativity, effort, all these different things to get somebody to go from awareness to the point of that first sale. And so many businesses just go back to the start of the system at that point. They think we got a sale right back to social media, back to getting awareness. But by having some very simple systems, I mean, if you're a business that gets people the results that they're looking for or delivers on the promise that got them to the point of that first sale, Mm. quite often all you need is to remind them that you exist or that you've got other products they might be interested in or higher price products or even, let's say you're a coffee brand, maybe it's simply reminding them to restock. And that could be email automation, it could be Facebook advertising automation, it could be YouTube automation, it could be all these different things. But the, the great thing is, is that it can be very low spend, if any at all, it can be completely automated and that is where all the revenue all the profitability can be within your customer journey. Mm. I love the idea of of this notion of a of a customer journey. And you mentioned earlier about sort of writing it down, and you sort of intimated that it's almost like a debugging process. Like you you write down your existing customer journey, and you find out what the sort of where the bugs are, if you like. Sorry, I'm a, sorry, I'm a software developer, so I, I tend to think <laughs> in bugs, like a bug in the in, in the funnel or the marketing chain. So it sounds like it's a sort of a, a debugging thing. And I um, I like that word, micro-commitment. Is that something you made up? Or was, was that an existing term? No, I, I can't remember where I got it from, but it, it does come up quite a lot with different marketers. And it is a huge, huge thing to to get into your vocabulary when you're thinking about things like the customer journey or your online marketing. Because whenever there's a drop-off, for example, I might run a Facebook advert campaign and we get tons of clicks at a very low cost. We send them to a landing page and we don't get leads. We don't get people filling in the form. Well, maybe the form that we're asking them to actually fill in is too big a commitment. Or maybe we're actually sending them to a landing page to make a purchase. And maybe what we really need on that page is a form to book a call to discuss the purchase. So Creating micro-commitments can be the difference between getting the sale in the end or never getting it. So micro-commitments are a huge thing for us to look at troubleshooting anything with our online marketing. Mm. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now, I want to uh, go on to just talk a little bit more generally about the best things we can do uh, to make full use of a customer journey. Just before that, you mentioned about um, using the customer journey to discover, I don't know if that's the right word, new products that you could um, offer. Could we expand on that a little bit? Could you give us an example of how that might work? Yeah, like for example, let's just say a personal trainer seems that I, I deal with quite a lot of personal trainers and uh, small PT facilities, those types of things. So in that instance, they might only have one product. They might be just selling people into their personal training. And what you might actually find is, is that their package is typically like 200 or 250 pounds per month. It's quite a big jump. So if we're looking for micro commitments and getting people to build the habit with us of spending money, then what we might want to do is create a smaller product that people actually have to pay for and get some value, and then you sell them up yeah. into the personal training. I see. So it might be something like a paid private Facebook group where you deliver accountability and tips every single day. Maybe it's 25 £35 a month, and you have that recurring revenue, and then you have it in your automation or in your diary that 30 days after somebody joins, you then contact them directly and sell them into your personal training. And then you might actually say, well, what I'm also going to do is I'm going to create a higher price product here as well, where it's, say, £1,250 a month. And this is for a very small amount of people who will come through my customer journey who want home training. So these are people who have a home gym, who are probably high earners, who have uh, a little amount of time on their hands. And if they're the right person for it, you'll pitch to them that maybe this is more of what you're looking for. Instead of you coming out your way, driving into the city, parking up, coming and training with me, 
maybe what you're looking for is me to come to you. Now, it is a lot higher price, but whatever time is going to suit you, I'm going to bend my schedule to work to you. Mm. And what you could end up with there is, say, instead of having 30 personal training clients, you might have 200 people paying you £35 a month making it very easy to sell people to get that number up to, say, 50 clients a month. And then you have two or three clients that pay you substantially more for home training. And that's how you would look at a customer journey that's maybe uh, it's too big an ask at the start. So you're banking on people taking a risk on you, which is hard to get people to do, especially in this day and age. It's very hard to get people to do. Yeah. So, yeah, so... With that customer journey, you had one product and now you've got a recurring revenue model where you're getting paid every month by a mass of people. It's become easier to get people to become personal trading clients. And from that, you also find some of your high spenders and sell them into higher price products. Now, we'll, we'll come on to specific takeaways for our listeners today. But before we do that, just this, um, what would you say, if you, could, if you could sum up into, I don't know, four or five steps, um, the best things that we can do um, to make full use of the customer journey to, or to make that successful? Well, number one would be to provide great content throughout the customer journey. A lot of people think content marketing, if, if anybody has gone on to a digital marketing website where maybe they they do education you'll hear content marketing a lot and what comes to people's head when they think of content marketing is just what i put out on facebook and instagram or whatever platform you're using so they just think it's distributing stuff on social media mm. but content marketing goes a lot further than that content marketing is what you actually create at every point of the customer journey a sales page is technically a piece of content a lead magnet is a piece of content your sure your social your social media posts your youtube videos your podcast they're all pieces of content yeah. so making sure that at every single point of the customer journey you have a content marketing strategy that delivers value to the prospect second of all is using paid advertising to accelerate the content at every stage. So like if we are going to put out social media posts, for example, and we're going to put them out high frequency and they're going to deliver a ton of value. Well, if you have it within your marketing budget, then even though it's hard to monetize the start of the customer journey, building awareness, we can massively scale how many people see that video by using paid advertising. And the same thing is absolutely true of remarketing. So that's when somebody has already taken action with you and you build an audience of people who have watched a video from you in the past or visited your website or even visited your checkout page but didn't make a purchase. And you can get back in front of those people there. Thirdly, would be using remarketing. So just like I was saying there, so what we can do with remarketing is get huge ROIs. And people like myself and other digital marketers, quite often, if you go on their Instagram pages or you go on their website, they'll be showing you screenshots of remarketing. They'll be showing you how they got a client 200x returns and 100x returns and all this, this huge amounts of money in, money out. And they'll be using it to convert you into a client. 
But what they won't be telling you is that it is very often their remarketing. Well, it is. It's always their remarketing. And that is things like people who visited my website in the last three days but didn't make a purchase. Yeah. Or people who have purchased from me in the past and I'm simply putting adverts in front of them at a very low cost and getting them back for purchasing again and again. But what you don't want to do is take what I just said and make it sound like it's not a good thing to do. It's something that everybody needs to do. It's almost the first thing that you need to do with your online marketing is tackle the low-hanging fruit, Mm. the people who have purchased from you in the past, the people who have already visited your website but haven't taken action, people who have opted into your, your lead magnet but haven't made a purchase, those types of people we want to get in front of. And then lastly, use email and paid advertising automation together for after the sale. Like, like we said five, 10 minutes ago, all the effort, all the money, all the creativity, it all gets spent and it's all stressful getting somebody to the point of that first sale. And quite likely all we need to do to get that second sale, third sale, fourth sale and so on is nothing more than paid advertising and email marketing automation. They're very simple to set up. They sync, like now if you've got a WordPress website, for example, or a Shopify website, they can sync directly with uh, Aweber or they can sync with uh, Campaign, or they can sync with MailChimp. Yeah. And you can create that automation right there. It's so, so easy and all the return is right there. And just to summarise, Neil, if we could um, condense what we talked about today into, I don't know, three points for our audience as a sort of key takeaway, what would that be? You mentioned writing it down. I'm guessing that might be the first one. Yeah, so get a piece of paper and write out step by step how somebody who has never heard of your business before goes from complete stranger to highest paying customer every single step in the customer journey. What what happens there from attention, building no like and trust, getting them as what you would consider as a lead, then how we get them to that first sale, then how we get them to future sales in the future, and you might even end with how we get them to recommend your business to their friends. Then you want to, at every single step, assign a different, let's call it a touch point. An yeah. example being, Instagram posts or influencers or paid ads or email automation or sales page on my website. So you're basically saying, where is this going to take place and how is it going to happen? And then I would just say, lastly, go and create, go and get it done. So you now know what piece of content you need to be taking place at every point of your customer journey. Go and create it. There's a lot of it that you'll create once, like example, your lead magnets, your remarketing, your email automation. It'll take time, it'll take creativity, but you'll create it once and then you're off and you're running. And then finally, accelerate every single step with paid advertising. Mm. So once you know your customer journey is absolutely bulletproof, you see people going through it, you're seeing great results from it, then you can feel confident putting money in right at the start to build awareness all the way through to remarketing to people who have already purchased from you. Well, Neil, thanks so much for coming on. How can our listeners find out more about you? Well, there's two best ways to do it. First of all, if through social media, 
I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, so I, I reply to all DMs, even if people are asking me specific questions about their business. I love just helping people out. So you can get in touch with me at Neil Shoney Mac. That's N-E-I-L-S-H-O-N-E-Y-M-A-C. And you can also visit my website and that's neilshoney.com, N-E-I-L-S-H-O-N-E-Y. And I've got a 16-week digital marketing program there where there's eight video modules taking people. Well, actually, the very first module is business and marketing fundamentals, which is all about building that customer journey. Then there's six modules covering everything from email marketing to paid advertising, copywriting, content marketing, and then last one, digital strategy, brings it all together. So if anybody wants to jump in that, then get in touch with me directly and we can chat about it. Fantastic. Thanks, Neil. And thank you for listening, everyone. The show notes will be in the usual place, sitevisibility.co.uk slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review because we like those, especially if they're good ones, because it helps us to get out to more people. Suggestions or questions, the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility. Um, don't forget, we have a site visibility group on LinkedIn. So that's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Neil. Thanks very much, guys, and thank you, Andy, for having me on the show. And thanks for coming on, Neil, and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.